VHS files contain spoilers, adult content, and harsh language. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back to the VHS Files podcast, and tonight we're talking Cronenberg. 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 Hey, I've got my Cronenberg shirt on too. Yeah, I was and watching look, if that you look earlier. Super closely. Zoom in on that. It's yeah, a I see on that. My shirt. So there you have it. Tonight we're going back to the first feature film Mr. David Cronenberg ever directed in 1975's Shivers, and uh, this was Shivers. a first time watch for Eric, I think, right? It was, yes. Uh, I've owned it for quite a while. It's just been sitting there collecting dust, and I thought it was time to give it a shot. Plus, we already talked about, what's the worm one? <laughs> squirm, yeah, we've talked about Squirm. We've talked about Night of the Creeps, uh-huh. which also is very similar here. You know, we're, we're hitting all the weird wormy parasite business, right? That, we're covering yeah. it pretty well. Yeah, we need to do Slither next. Yeah, well. <laughs> we do need to do sliver probably at some point. Just after all this, we it 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 seems necessary. At this right. Point. Well, I do have a question. You said it's first, but when I looked it up, they say it's his third movie. There's some contingency there because he did two movies before this that were like student films. It was the original Crimes of the Future he did, which he just did. The, his new movie is called Crimes of the Future, but and not. Then, they're not related. I no, found that out. No. And uh there's one before that and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. But this was his first full-length feature that he did. Oh, okay. Um finally did come up with the idea to make uh my first feature film which was Shivers. Um I felt really quite like somebody on Mars in Canada trying to make this film because uh it wasn't even recognized by a lot of people as 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 a horror oh, film. Okay. Okay. Well, it was first time watched for me. I've never seen this. It's not very often we talk about a movie that Jason hasn't seen. So uh, I'm anxious to hear what kind of uh, opinions Jason has about David Cronenberg's first movie here. So you've seen <laughs> this then, Josh? I had seen it before. Um, How many times? Uh, you see it a long time ago, recently? What? I sought it out probably after listening to Film Junk or something and hearing them talk about David Cronenberg. And... Um, so I sought the movie out and I got really into Cronenberg there after I had watched, you know, uh, Videodrome and Naked Lunch and all those sort of movies. So I, I whenever I get into a director like that, I, I kind of just go back and want to see all the filmography at that point. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I found this on on a DVD, I believe. Um, and then Vestron Video eventually released it on Blu-ray a couple years ago. But, um, yeah, just because it was the first, you know, David Cronenberg movie and then Rabid was shortly thereafter that. So I started seeking those out and Scream Factory's done an edition of Rabid. So we're getting all these older Cronenberg movies and then like his, some of his other older stuff like The Brood and uh, Scanners are all in the Criterion collection. So mm-hmm. I've got all these editions of these movies. And um, But, yeah, I'd watched Shivers a long time ago um, when I was first really getting into, into Cronenberg and then uh, watched it again. A little while back, whenever I was watching Brandon Cronenberg's movies, I kind of went back and watched some of old, older Cronenberg then, and uh, then I watched it twice for the podcast here tonight. So I'm kind of familiar with it at this point. You're familiar with it at this point. Yeah, I, I've seen a good bit of Cronenberg, I, uh, but there are some holes for me. This was one of them. 
I haven't seen Naked Lunch, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm trying to fill in those holes. I haven't seen the you know Crimes of the Future yet either, which mm-hmm. I'm excited to see. I want to see that as soon as I get around to it. Yeah, I saw that earlier this year. I really like it, but then again, I'm a I'm a Cronenberg fanboy, so therefore all the shit. Cronenbergian. I'm Cronenbergian. I'm a Cronenbergian. You know, that, that was, I've talked about it on the show before, but that was like the selling point for Rick and Morty for me. It was that one episode <laughs> where he's like, I Cronenberg the world, Marty. I did it. <laughs> you know, so I was like, oh shit, Rick and Morty gets me. So let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> My original title for Shivers was Orgy of the Blood Parasites because I was ready to really go for it, not hold back. You know, we're making a horror film. Let's go for it. Um, at a certain point, they wanted to pull it back to the parasite murders, a little less confrontational, maybe. And, uh, and then ultimately it was called Shivers in Canada, and then in the U.S. they called it They Came From Within. And, and then it ended up making $5 million, but, and, and was the first film that, that had ever re- actually returned the investment of the Canadian Film Development Corporation. So yeah, this thing you know went through a couple of different name changes and whatnot in its release, and uh, came out in October, or I'm sorry, September 26th of 1975, in Texas. Budget of less than two hundred thousand dollars Canadian, and did a box office of one hundred, or I'm sorry, one million Canadian. This was one of the best performing Canadian films of its time. I believe it still has yet to be surpassed. Really? Yeah, that can't be true. A couple of years after this came out, he was showing it at a film festival in like uh, Germany or something like that. And someone stood up. A German film festival in the town of Hof. Um, I showed Shivers many years later. And afterwards, a man stood up, a German, uh, who said, how dare you show this film having stolen everything from aliens in it, from the film Aliens, Alien. And I said, well, you have to realize that this film was done quite a few years before Alien. And the writer Dan O'Bannon had admitted to many people that he he had seen, knew the film, Shivers. And then he said, ah, well, then we know who the thief is, he said. Um, There are more than a few similarities to what uh, later became known as the Alien uh, effects. He's got a point. He's got a little bit of a point. I love Alien, you guys know. I'm not shitting on Alien by any stretch. It's a much better movie than this. Uh, inspiration come from anywhere, but uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, so there, there's absolutely a ton of movies that have drawn some sort of influence from this particular kind of story. Like you've got Alien, uh, even so much as like the show Severance that's out on Apple TV right now. Like I was getting sort of that sort of vibe. Um, you know, I'm, it's a little disconnected because that's work and home stuff. Whereas this is all taking place within like a, a home community that's like on an Island by itself sure. and whatnot. But, uh, that new, uh, Korean film, the sadness that came out, that's sort of based on the crossed comic book. You got some of the same sort of stuff, like some sort of parasite or some sort of uh, illness taking people over and making them super sexual, which is what Cronenberg was going for here. Yeah. And, uh, Sliver, of course, as we've already mentioned, does the same thing. I even was getting uh, some, it, some... It, it follows kind of vibes yeah, from this. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what we're talking about here are like rape zombies, right? Yeah. They're rape zombies. Yep. 
I, I dubbed them rapies. <laughs> rapies. <laughs> the rapies. They, they have the they have the rapies. Yeah, I think the name yeah. of this movie should be called Rapies. Mm. That's the other thing is Rabbit is kind of a similar kind of vibe to this movie. I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was just watching Rabbit earlier and that one, I, I've seen that one more than uh, Shivers at this point, but um, that one's kind of a vampire-ish sort of movie, but it's the same sort of thing. Like woman gets in a bad accident, they replace one of her body parts and then like right. that is, in, you know, it's... Well, of course, More, and this this is this is about organ transplant, right? You know, organ replacement, that kind of stuff. Replacing. I mean, it, you know, yeah, you got your Cronenberg talking about the flesh and reducing humanity. Re, you know, looking at lust, looking at sex, looking at flesh, looking at the desires of the flesh, uh, fleshy flesh, flesh, right? Yeah, this dude loves him some flesh. He loves him some like basic human or almost like uh instinctive like animalistic primal sexual primal urges. desires yeah sexual urges that kind of stuff this place this movie goes to some dark places it uh, does but it does it in a very um cheap and slow way <laughs> yeah slow sorry hold up i didn't think this movie was slow well, we'll get into that what? here in just a moment. Okay, but yeah, sorry. We're getting before we get there. <laughs> we're going back to 1975. So, Eric, take us there. We're sending you back in time. Oh, this is heavy. Well, Josh, uh, in 1975, uh, the kids were doing the devil's dance to songs like Kung Fu Fighting by Carl Douglas and The Hustle by Van McCoy. Moviegoers were witnessing cinematic euphoria with films like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, The Rocky Horror Picture Show, and some shark movie. I forget what it's called. It's like Mouth or Teeth or something. You're going to need a bigger boat. The Ford F-150 truck was introduced in 1975. You guys hear about the three rednecks that drove off a bridge in an F-150? No, I didn't. Tell me. Yeah, see, the driver, he rolls down the window and escapes. Um, but unfortunately, the other two died. They uh, they couldn't get the tailgate down. <laughs> uh, the uh, the ring tab beer and soda can design was discontinued in 1975 uh, oh. for our new current can uh, style. Uh, you guys know what you call a chemist that makes uh, soda? No, tell me. You call it a physicist. Physicist. Yeah. Nah. Uh, nah. Sony introduces the Betamax videotape in 1975. Uh, but we'll talk about that more on the Betamax Files podcast. That's right. <laughs> different generation, different podcast. Yeah. yeah, that's on another show. And finally, let's see what Burger King was doing in 1975. Hit it, Josh. Introducing that king of fun, the one who's okay with us kids, the Magic Burger King! Magic Burger King? The Magic Burger King. I'm the marvelous, magical Burger King. He's marvelous. He's doing magic. Now watch me, kids, when I twist my ring like magic. When you twist his ring, you teleport to Burger King. Is he the original Doctor Strange? <laughs> That's a sling ring, dude. 
disappears. Yeah, good call. Good call. Sling ring. He turns apples into fried apple pies, which is cool. Dude, he's like red-headed uh, carbohydrate Jesus. He can do most anything. What's funny is, is he really does look like the more recent plastic you know like i guess that w- i i had never seen the live action version of the more recent like mascot of the king yeah, that's it's just the mask yeah yeah, yeah. uh that's look like him yeah i mean you got you got mcdonald's with their uh clowns so i guess they said well let's make the burger king a magician oh so you're saying burger king is the devil the devil like use witchcraft to make you eat their burgers i can't tell you the last time i ate at a burger king it's kind of crazy uh, Burger King sucks. The only thing I would normally get at a Burger King is the croissant. Breakfast. Every now and then I'll give them a chance and they let me down every time. Burger King sucks. You heard it here, folks. I think the last time I actually sat down at a Burger King ate was when it was a Halloween and they had the black burger. Oh, the black burger. I never got to yeah. try that. Yeah, See, yeah I, it's great until you go to use the restroom the next day. And then your poop's <laughs> black. It's like <laughs> greenish black. You think that something is wrong with you because you ate Burger King. <laughs> so well it's like when you drink it. when you drink purple soda or purple drink you know it's you know it turns purple your poop, drink turns your poop green it's like it's like a purple drink has gamma radiation or something and it turns your poop green turns your poop into the incredible poop <laughs> i like it kind of the same color as eric's shirt yeah, a little bit a little bit yeah all right well let's talk about david cronenberg's shivers and I kind of want to start with Jason because he doesn't seem to uh, have a very uh, nice look on his face when it comes to talking about this movie. So, Jason, what was your first impression of uh, David Cronenberg's Shivers? Uh, man, let's just say this. It took me two days to finish it. Wow. Two watches. I made it through 45 minutes and I was like, eh, it's slow because it's slow, Eric. It's not slow. It's 97 minutes. Yeah, and it's slow. In uh, in the first like in in one of the first scenes of the film, you have a, a an old man attack a young woman, kill her and then perform yeah. surgery on her. And that's it. And then, and then it goes And then kill himself. <laughs> then after that, it's like, oh my god. I don't know. After watching this movie, I have a little less respect for David Cronenberg. So. Well, man, I mean, you kind of have to, you know, just like every filmmaker, you have to start somewhere. You know, uh, John Carpenter, who we all love and respect here, Dark Star is not the greatest movie in the world. It's superior to this. Mm, <laughs> I don't know, man. Have you fucking seen Dark Star? Dark Star I, doesn't make much sense. This actually has a cohesive story and a social okay. commentary. All right. Well, this is the thing. I think if you take the majority of the shocking images out of this movie, because I think he put them into the movie to make it a horror movie, the movie is nothing. It's probably nothing at all. There's no story. I keeping you up. You're bored, right? The the whole thing with all the rape and everything in the whole movie is what makes it a horror movie because that's a horrifying image to see. And not only that, that's the problem I have with it is we're using rape as the horror, you know, thing to make you feel like, oh my God, this is horrible. Oh, 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 good heavens. Look. And I think that takes me out of the movie. 
because I have a problem with seeing that in movies anyway. Yeah, you see some body horror, like with the stuff in the stomach and then the the, the slugs jumping out of the mat, their mouth that basically looks like a, a sponge that's painted brown. Horrible special <laughs> effects to begin with. You heard the budget, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you take all the the physical <laughs> horror, which is everybody running each other down and raping women. Uh, you got men raping women, women raping men, women raping women, and men raping men. Yeah, don't forget children and children. We got incest in this movie. We got pedophilia yep. in this yep. movie. Even uh, before the parasites, you have pedophilia. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing is, uh, after watching the movie, I mean, I had it took me two times to get through it. I mean, it's it's hard to stomach, but I know that's what he did in order to make you feel uneasy watching this movie. And to me, that took me out of the movie. I mean, because my Cronenberg days are like Videodrome, The Fly, and so on and so on throughout his older career, the 80s and all like that. And I love those movies because he's scaring you with the visuals and the ooey gooeyness and the story but, but and doesn't video drome have these like kind of awful rapey snuff film type scenes but, but, as well but, but, i mean but it's worked in but the premise of the whole this whole movie is rape i'll agree with you first of all that i don't like rape scenes in movies it no. makes me uncomfortable i don't i don't like it uh movies that are like heavy with that stuff uh, it's hard to watch. I'm definitely with you on that, but I, I think that it is saying something and I, I don't think that it's, uh, you know, I don't think it's, it's devoid of, of meaning. Um, and I, and I think that it's a, it's a theme that Cronenberg obviously likes to touch on. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. He likes to the, touch uh, the idea <laughs> of like, like you said, the, the, uh, primal instincts, sexual instincts, oh, yeah. uh, I, I got to disagree. I didn't feel like it was slow. I felt like I felt like the howling was slower than this personally. Um, this thing keeps moving for me for the most part. Yeah. Uh, I like the single location that, you know, and that's obviously kind of partially due to the budget, but I like the fact that they're kind of isolated in this place. And mm -hmm. I like the lead. I like the doctor. <laughs> okay. That's where I'll go ahead and interject. I think Dr. St. Luke is the worst fucking actor in this movie. What? Yes. I think he's awful. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, compare this to Scanners. He's a better lead than Scanners. <sighs> I don't know, man. Oh. Like, <laughs> no, he is. He is, dude. He this, is. This dude is a poor man's fucking Warren Beatty. Like, he is bad. Wow, uh, really? I, I did not get that. I, that's a good one. I, I that's a good one. I, I like that. That's. A good I, I thought know, he like, was kind of. I thought he was kind of funny. Like he was a little bit like disconnected in a way that kind of i thought was almost you know there's like a weird sense of humor to cronenberg's movies right and yeah. i felt like he kind of existed in that area uh but that's interesting i mean i think the lead maybe i need to rewatch scanners but dude, well that, that the, the lead in scanners is pretty bad as well but i oh yeah they're both bad yeah good god that dude sucks that's me isn't it but I think, you know, if you look at this movie through and through, I mean, I, I'm the one who's seen this more than the two of you at this point. So, like, it's obvious this is a Cronenberg movie. The oh, yeah. the themes that Cronenberg goes for are all here. Yep. Um, yep. It's just fairly obvious that he didn't have a budget to work with here and was still kind of getting his feet wet in filmmaking. I felt ultimately that I would have to learn on the job, and that was the John Dunning and Andre Link school of filmmaking that's that was my they were my film school i mean i remember my first 
production meeting, uh, sitting around a table with all of these people who John had placed around me because they were all more experienced than I was, and that was, that was his technique was, okay, I've got a first-time film director, basically. I will surround him with people who are not first-time uh, crew and, and heads of department, and, and they will help him make the movie, and they'll show him how to make the movie. And that's exactly what happened. And I think and, that uh, George... is really kind of what makes the movie suffer, is it's someone learning to be a filmmaker. Um, because the shots here, like, the cinematography is uninspired. There's not a whole lot of diversity in the shots that are going on. They try to do some weird jump cuts at certain times to sort of, like, remind you of who, who certain people are in this movie. Dude, the slow motion for no reason. Yeah. That's a big thing with first time filmmakers is they'll use slow oh, man. to, you know, like fill their time. Yeah. And, but I, you know, watching this movie a few times, like I do like this movie. I don't think it's anywhere near the upper echelon of David Cronenberg's work by any means. No, but no. <laughs> if I was going to rewatch anything, this would definitely not be at the top of my list either, but I can respect this movie for what it is and where, you know, how we got David, the David Cronenberg we know and love now from here and rabid and so on and so forth. At the time, I think the movie was probably speaking on some social issues with sexuality, uh, you know, LGBTQ stuff back in those days. Like, I think there's a lot of social commentary in this movie. So therefore, I don't think it's devoid and pointless and like doesn't have anything going on. Like, I think there's plenty going on in this movie. If you if you read a little bit deeper than I don't know. I think because he also wrote this movie. He didn't just direct it. He wrote it. Right. And I mean, and he wrote it to be this way. So he wrote it and he envisioned how it's going to come out. And that's my point is it's almost like it was like the easy way out to make a horror, a horror movie compared to David Cronenberg's Cronenberg's other works. They were, I think they're more thought out. I know, you know, 179,000 Canadian is not a budget to make, you know, the slugs look good or the, I mean, I, I do like the bladder work on Nick's stomach when he's talking to yeah. his parasites. That's pretty cool. a <laughs> boy, a boy, you're doing a good job right down there. Yeah. You know? And I'm just like, and that's kind of funny, but I mean, you get also the, you know, like I just said, I, the whole thing of the premise after a certain part of the movie literally becomes nothing but a sexual assault for the rest of the movie. I, I, I gotta disagree. I, I think that, uh, I think this, this movie has more to say than something like the howling does. I mean, it, it, you know, you can say, Oh, take the, take the, take the werewolves out of the howling. And what is it? I mean, I, I, yeah, take, take the whole point out of the film and what is it? Yeah. It doesn't have a point. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's a weird, you know, it's, it's looking at sexuality. It's looking at, uh, humans as animals, um, and questioning our morality, questioning our, you know, uh, what's right, what's wrong. Uh, it, it's, it's, I don't know. I, 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 I think it, there's enough there. And, and, and again, like we've said, it's a, it's a low budget first feature film. Yeah. So it's going to be rough around the edges and it is um, obviously the effects aren't excellent, but I think the, I think there's some imagery in this movie that is, that will probably stick with me. Uh, and that's, that's, I think where you see 
where Cronenberg will go yeah. in the future because oh, yeah. he's he's able to create imagery that s- will melt into your mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we start off in the beginning and you've got this surgery scene with this guy and he's got this young girl that he's just killed and he's cutting her open and, and I pouring mean, that, acid into her stomach. <laughs> yeah, that that shot, just that image is like. Woo, like that's you don't know what's going on at this point. You don't know why they're doing this. You don't know why he's doing this. You don't know why he kills himself after he doesn't find anything. Uh, and it's intercut with this family, you know, this this new couple coming into this building thinking, right. you know, they could come in here and get a new apartment and it'll be the, the apartment of their dreams and they're going to love it here and all the amenities they're going to have at this right. place. The, and- the film opens with that with that presentation, the sideshow presentation of. Yeah how great this place is, which is a great way to set the scene. Yes, it's true. Day-to-day living becomes a luxury cruise when you've made your home at Starliner Tower Apartments. To the Starliner. Yeah, you get to, <laughs> from Starco. Right? Is right. it Starco? But, uh, you know, uh, yeah, you, you, you get this luxury, you know, live here worry-free with this da-da-da-da-da. They have their own doctors, their own dentists. Yeah, yeah they're, they're self-sufficient. You but then you realize the there's locations. a reasons why they're that way. Right. And it, it kind of, you know, another movie that does something similar is the Belco experiment. But yeah, I mean, it's it's an abrupt way to start this movie for sure, because it starts off fairly tame until you get to this guy breaking into this room with a Catholic schoolgirl. Uh, and I mean, I was kind of having a little bit of trouble discerning whether it was a girl or a boy at first. But still, it's a young person being attacked yeah. by an older person. Yeah. So therefore it's unease and, and it just, it's intercut with this couple coming in and it just makes everything seem like what the, you know, like you, you're thrown right in. That's one of the biggest things I have a problem with, with this movie is there, there's no character development for anybody in this movie other than the doctor that kills himself. Basically. This is true. You're right. But it's also like full on genre film, right? These movies don't typically delve too deep into character development, but I don't know. It's 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 like a slice of of society and it's kind of just looking at humanity. I I don't know. So many of his movies do this, right? They just kind of look at like what is humanity? What drives us? Is it money? Is it sex? It's usually sex. Uh <laughs> it's you know and and the sort of this theme sets the tone for so many movies that he ends up doing and um you know from that perspective I find it interesting. But I, I was I was taken in. I thought, okay, we've got this, we've got this location. You know, I, I thought those first people would be more of more involved in the movie. Yeah, I thought I was waiting not for them to be the not the being, primary couple, and they're right, not. Right, Hobbs does this. You to me, that was enough to keep me interested. I was like, okay, why did he do this? Yeah. Is he a bad guy? Is he a good guy? On first watch, for me, it was like, okay, he seemed to be after something. I know this this movie has weird worms on the front. He's certainly <laughs> looking for worms in her. He doesn't find them, or maybe he does find them, and he's got them in him. So I don't know what, but he takes himself out. That was enough for me to be interested. Like, I wanted to know what the deal was. Well, it brings me to my first question. <laughs> Do either of you think that you could physically slit your own throat like he does? Oof. Especially shoved a scalpel in there. Yeah. Not that slowly. And, <laughs> right. It'd have to be a quick one. Right. Yeah, it'd be more like a, whew, a dud. But 
you your your physical like your own human restraint your body would, would not let you yeah would stop you from doing this to yourself is the first thing i thought when i saw him doing it and again I'm, I'm confused as to what's going on you don't get a whole lot of explanation and then you're intru then you're introduced to nick who i'm going to refer to as nick the dick throughout the rest of this conversation yeah. <laughs> I, i'm good with that i'm good with that this guy is such a dick <laughs> Like, well, he's already infected by the time we meet him. He did cheat on his wife before this. That's how he right. got the thing in the first place. Right. Yeah. Right? Well, honestly, no, no, no. Let me take this. Let me take it back for that. No, every man in this fucking building slept with Annabelle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Though, okay. They were, they were running a train on Annabelle or something because every man shows up with the lumps in their stomach. And I'm well, not talking like the. No, Nick, he's his mid-20s, early 30s. No, we even got the older man that shows up with him. Well, she has some just like them. Right here, near her belly button. You could push them around, too. I know it's kind of sexy myself. Everybody's was sleeping with Annabelle, but the thing is, because the parasite makes you, so she was basically seducing these men and passing along the worm. Or exactly. And and Annabelle is a is a is a victim in this. We 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 learn from from the other doctor that she's a guinea pig. How did Hobbs know this girl? Who is she? I mean, what is she? Some chick he met while he was lecturing at a girls' school. You know what happened? They caught him examining her titties for breast cancer in the faculty lounge. She was twelve years old. One of the most disturbing parts of it was this Dr. Linsky uh saying oh, i can't believe what he did to her like almost like well shit man why didn't you do something about it like right. are you kidding me like you learned you knew this guy was doing it and you're just like wow that's terrible oh well yeah. like that's the biggest like the dismissiveness of the pedophilia yeah is probably the biggest like yucky out of all this and there's lots of yucky in here but that's the part that rubbed me the wrong way i i I wanted Dr. Linsky to like find this out later, not go, oh, by the way, yeah. he molested this girl. It's kind of a kind of a gross thing. I never agreed with it. He's no anyway, he's like on. so nonchalant with all yeah. of it. And it's just Yeah, yeah. It's you, just like what? And plus that dude has such a bassy voice. Like oh. listening to that guy talk. That's what he's known for. They yeah. said that he that one time he had the lowest voice in radio and TV. They called it they had a he had a nickname. Joe for him Silver? you're talking about yeah yeah mm -hmm. yeah they said like that's what he was known for was having the bass in his voice get your bass out of your voice boy <laughs> and a lot of these actors actually show up in more cronenberg movies going forward like uh he's sure. in rabid he's um, in rabid the girl that uh the girl that lives in the apartment with the bear rug and everything that's talking to uh Miss, mrs tudor bets um she she's in rabid as well and then there's a couple more people that end up in that movie as as well and uh i haven't seen the brood in a while but i think some some more people show up in that one as well um so yeah i mean you're you're introduced to nick by the fact that he's a dick to his wife and then he goes straight upstairs to see annabelle and finds her dead and you know that's another thing that you start to develop the story is obviously he was cheating on this on his wife with this girl and he leaves because he's afraid to get you know, he doesn't want to have any connection to a the oh. girl and b the murder that's that's happened in this apartment. Um, right. But this guy is another like his performance in this movie is so wooden and just like he's tough to watch. Hey, and, he's uh, he's infected by a press site, man. You can't judge his acting. 
Yeah, but oh, the, you don't the, know how a parasite guy would act. But the Come old on, man, dude. the old man that's infected with the parasite is fucking hilarious in the doctor's dude, office. Dude, he's laying game on the nurse. Dude, <laughs> right? Maybe North he's he he's loves to take her home. He loves his mega vitamins. The mega vitamins. I, <laughs> I loved that. Uh, yeah, his he's taking the his spiel. silver and the blue pill at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I loved his whole spiel he was giving to just anybody that would listen about his mega vitamins. That was pretty funny. Well, I think the and was it the first time we really get a sense of like the whole what what's inside of them is what uh when you know, we see Nick puke into the sink. I mean in the into the tub, which I don't fucking get. If you're gonna puke, you puke in the toilet. Don't puke in your fucking bath. Jason, this man is infected by a, a an experimental parasite. <laughs> you can't judge his logic. And I'm sorry if anybody out there has ever had food poisoning. It comes out both ends, so you got to go in the bathtub and toilet. So. Now, yeah, I have done that. You turn sideways on the toilet and puke into the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> if you have to, it's what you got to do. But the fact not that me, I shit right in the bathtub and puke in the toilet. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> he sits in the sink, shits in the sink, and pukes across the room into the bathtub. Don't mind the stuff in the middle. It's okay. Yeah. Get the Swiffer. Swiffer, <sighs> clean that right up. But when he goes to the balcony, and this is where you get a little interjected humor. When he Absolutely. coughs it up, and then the, the old lady with the umbrella, oh, it's such a nice afternoon. We're walking. Oh, no, this must have been a birdie. Yeah. <laughs> and then you see what is the point of that umbrella it's not a parasol for the sun it's not raining so why is she holding it Who knows? i don't know it's an old lady with an umbrella it's just man. there for the gag you get your typical cronenbergisms here with especially with an ex explanation that dr linsky gives to dr uh saint saint luke you got man right and you got parasites that live in on and around man right why not breed a parasite that can do something useful a parasite that can take over the function of a human organ. Yeah, you, you have this in rabbit as well, like you said, mm -hmm. where science goes too far. You know, mm -hmm. uh, same with the fly. Uh, you know, s science bites you in the ass. You start right. messing with things. You try to play God, whatever, and it it comes back and it's bad. And ultimately... I think that's really like all of that's there in this movie, but unfortunately with this movie being a, a first feature and a low budget, I think we, we hear about this more than we see it in this movie. And that's one reason this movie suffers. Um, Cause when we do see what's actually happening with these parasites, you know, the, the makeup's lackluster, there's not very good work with the, the slugs or whatever you want to call them in this movie. And uh, so I, I think that's ultimately what I don't remember these complaints in Night of the Creeps. And it looks just as bad. If not, I would argue that there are areas in Night of the Creeps that look worse than this. I don't know. Well, uh, I don't think you watched the same damn movie, dude. I you, did. You I need did. To stop drinking the yingling. I listen, dude, there's <laughs> shit in Night of the Creeps that looks just as rubbery and shitty as this. I, I and and it has a way bigger budget. And was made far, far more recently, not far more recently, but more recently. And I, I, I just, I think you guys are being a little, a little hard on this movie, considering its budget and its time. And I, I like, the effects to me are pretty good in this movie, considering those factors. 
and they didn't really bother me. They didn't really bother me. Like the, the effects, like I'm like, I know where I am in time and, and, and money. And it doesn't bother me. I don't know. Well, the biggest thing that gets me is like, I guess you would call it the puppet work for these things. in this is very lackluster. They yeah. Probably, they don't look great. I agree. But, uh, I, you but know. when you're, when you're dealing with the body horror aspect of it all, like the movements in the stomach, uh, that you know, looks okay. When they're yeah. spitting the things out, like when he, when, when they're, yeah. when, when him and the wife are laying on the bed and it starts coming out of his mouth, like yeah. all that stuff looks cool. Like, I mean, it does, it uh, does, but it's every time you get something with one of these individual, whatever parasites, uh, like, especially the biggest scene that gets me is the bathtub with bathtub. Bets. I was going to say, and like, they even make it look phallic on the end yeah and well it, that's it, i'm sure by design in, yeah. in the same way that aliens look like dick aliens uh <laughs> in alien so you know let's just keep it real here this is about sex they look like weird little turd penises and turd uh, penises. i like that that's, what that's it is. just i mean that's, that's a good description of the movie yeah, they Her have like penises. weird little penis heads on the front. It's it's icky. It's supposed to be icky. I and this movie's icky and I yeah, I I I don't know, dude. I it's weird. I I don't know why this clicked with me in a way that it's clearly hasn't with you guys. <laughs> because you're a movie snob, Eric. You're I'm a movie, movie snob. snob? <laughs> movie do, movie douchebag. We called you, I think. No. If I'm... anything, you guys are movie douchebags. I'm being more forgiving of this film. Yeah, you're probably right. You're the douchebags, <laughs> not me. Thank or you. Or are you just playing on a thing that people, you know, talk about? Well, you, if you like Cronenberg, you're not a Cronenbergian unless you watch his earlier works and love them. So are you playing it <laughs> that douchebag way? Because I'm saying I like the movies because I like Cronenberg movies, not because people say I need to watch this movie and to enjoy the rest of them. Oh, we're back to the fucking what's his name? The the Giallo guy. What's his name? Fucking uh Argento. Argento, Argento. argument again. Yes. So <sighs> listen, but man, I, I just try to watch things and, and have my opinion. I don't I don't I don't let people push me in one direction or the other, or at least I try not to. But what's what's important is really is you know there, there's two things you can let people uh influence your opinion positively uh but don't let people influence your opinion negatively you know like don't let the fact that i, I don't know is this movie held in high regard am i am this movie received a, a a scathing review in one of uh canada's newspapers or something famously robert fulford writing as marshall delaney for saturday night magazine um uh, had had really crucified Shivers. He he on the cover of Saturday Night Magazine had said, uh, "You should know how bad this movie is. You paid for it, meaning the taxpayers and television." Of course, by the time that article came out, we had already repaid the taxpayers and given them a profit. He didn't seem to mention that, and they were afraid to invest in my next movie, uh, which was Rabin. Uh, which was also a horror film. I don't think at that point we had cast Marilyn Chambers, the porno queen, but that would have made them even more nervous. So it actually cost me a couple of years of my filmmaking life, that article by Filford. Telefilm was afraid to invest in, in my film. And until, um, until Cinepix figured out a way to kind of put three movies together as a package and kind of bury Rabbit in, in that, uh, they couldn't really finance the film, even though they, we were all ready to go with it. So. Um, making Shivers and Rabbit the way that they were made 
gave me incredible strength and endurance and um, understanding of uh, about filmmaking in general. Yeah, do you, uh, we didn't talk about it. You know who the producer on this was? Ivan Reitman. Ivan Reitman, Mr. Ghostbusters himself. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Uh, I just wanted to say, just because I looked it up, The Howling is a 6.5. This is IMDb ratings, which, of course, what it, take that for what it's worth. Yeah, but uh, it's like a rotten tomato. 6.5 out of 10, shivers 6.4. I, I would I, I just don't feel like the howling is operating on a much higher level than this. I can uh, agree with anything. that. I mean, it's definitely the howling's not saying anything like no super important or anything like. But that's the no. point. It's not supposed to. It's right. just supposed to be a, a monster movie. So do you think this thing is not as good because it's trying to say something and it doesn't do it well enough for you? Is that what you're I'm curious. I'd do you think it's trying to say anything at all? Or do you think it I just should? like what I'm saying? I think he wanted to make a horror movie and then try to interject something and then like took the easy way out. What's the easy way to make people not want to look at the screen? Let's just put rape all over it. Okay. But the howling starts with like a weird rape video. Does yeah, but not? that's not the premise of the whole movie. This whole movie is like I said, it should be called rapies. So uh, yeah, I, it's a yeah. monster movie. I mean, it, okay, let's 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 go ahead and get this out of here. Like, yes, rape is a part of the plot of this movie. It, it's how right. these people, you know, become these parasite-infected zombies yeah. or rapies or whatever you want. But to this call is them. a zombie movie, right? Right. Do you guys think eh, this is a zombie movie? No, it, it's, no it's, movie it's, it's it's kind of a zombie mm. movie. It's I kind think of a, it zombie is a zombie movie in the way like Slither is. Like, it's more of a hive mind sort of thing. It's invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah. <laughs> okay it has more right. it has more to do with that sort of thing than a quote-unquote zombie movie zombie but movie. there is a zombie element to it at the end of this movie yeah. this building is is night of the crawling dead. with people mindless <laughs> people that are attacking you not to eat your brains they want to fuck your brains out mm -hmm. that's what they're there for <laughs> not to, to eat, eat your brains, brains. we want to fuck your brains <laughs> want to fuck you with my mind slug <laughs> i think this is i think this this is in in a way a zombie movie and i think it plays out that way i think you've got the doctor kind of trying to figure out how this is spreading realizing he can't contain it mm -hmm. it's a zombie movie to me dude the howling is a vampire movie so <laughs> <laughs> well and, and the lost boys is just uh peter pan so if you take all the vampire <laughs> stuff out of lost boys what is it so anyway Anyway, anyways, moving on. I think the most important uh, person in here is the woman in the laundry room, because who the fuck keeps their laundry soap in their bra? <laughs> <laughs> or, I mean, if you're a guy, do you shove it in your shorts? Hey, let me get my laundry soap out. The, yeah. The, yeah, the one thing that was one thing. And then the weirder part was after she fell down, more bags fell out of her clothes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so she had multiple rounds of laundry soap. In, yeah, she, in there she might somewhere. have had four loads of laundry to do. You know, she separates back then. You didn't have the detergents we have. You had to separate all your colors from your wife well, and your towel. She was going to open that other laundry machine. So, yeah. I mean, she probably had another load she was going to do. Yeah. And then she, she got a dick slug in the mouth. <laughs> so. All right. But, uh, Almost famous. Yeah, I know that, dude. I don't know them. I know her. You, haven't you ever heard of that guy? What, what's that guy was in that movie that was out last year. I'm 
sort of famous for being almost famous. All right, almost famous is where we highlight those people in the background of the movie, and we've seen them somewhere before. We just don't quite know where. Um, I didn't have anybody for this one, so Jason said he's got a couple. Jason? Well, the one that I had, uh, like I said, it might be not from just like seeing him and being famous, but what he went on to do, I actually did before this and after, uh, was the Roger St. Luke character played by Paul Hampton. Uh, he was in, actually in Waxwork 2. He was a musician, right? I think he was yeah, a musician. Yeah, he was actually a songwriter, was an ASCAP or whatever you, how you say that, uh, award winner. And he wrote songs that were, that were performed by Elvis, Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard, and Bette Midler. Wow. wow. So the man definitely was well-known in more, the music business. Yeah, more impressive than his acting career. Yeah, sure. I mean, and there was a lot more big names his I can't believe you guys didn't like this guy. I thought he was funny. I thought he was terrible. <laughs> I, I love Josh's description of, of poor man's warm baby. I thought he was kind of deadpan and kind of funny. I, I liked when the nurse was trying to kiss him and he's just like in deep thought about what's going on and he's just like not interested at all. <laughs> oh, were you talking? I just, like I, I, I truly got that like this dude has never acted a day in his life from his performance in this movie. <laughs> like he just did not do anything that made me think he was an actor. This yeah. guy can act, act circles around the dude from Scanners. What's that dude's name? Jesus, wow. I can't think of his name. Um, Did y'all have anybody you wrote down for this? I wrote yeah. three names. I Well, I had just watched Black Sunday. Uh, With Barbara uh, Steele. With yeah, Barbara Steele bets. a few days ago. So I'm going to just throw out Barbara Steele. It was fun seeing her after watching that. Uh, and I thought she was good in this. Uh, she was in The Pit and the Pendulum, 1961. She In Britain, she's known as the Britain's first lady of horror. Did you guys know that uh, in the bathtub scene, the she had a leg double? Oddly enough, that's, the... a, that's another really weird cut scene. Like the editing in that scene is really weird is, yeah. and you could it tell is, like yeah. she was probably not comfortable with nudity but you can see her well, full topless in the end basically but yeah she's got the wet t-shirt at the end but uh yeah she uh she required a leg double in the in the tub scene yeah at the end uh, did they shoot that shot at uh the pool at club la vila because <laughs> just a regular night spring break looks like at club that's la vila. a regular night at club la vila i mean yeah. even when everybody jumps in the pool butt naked they're like damn yeah. this is like you know spring break 1999 panama city beach <laughs> you know uh side note that in that scene some of the people were just uh stage people yeah just took off all their clothes and jumped in the pool just for the scene and it made it into the film which is wow. kind of fun you know, small production. Everyone just decides to just be part of the scene and hop in. And They're like, man, let's jump in the fucking pool. Down. Right. So there's just random, like, there's was, just random people that worked on set. That That, that was the rap is, party. They just rolled camera yeah. on the fucking rap party. <laughs> all they did. Last shot. Let's go, everybody. I like that because they set up the pool in the beginning and you get and you yeah. kind of end at the pool. So they still, cool. well, it's it's kind of got that sort of Halloween thing. Like they show you all these different spots of the build, building in the beginning and you end up in those spots at some point with throughout the movie. I love single location movies. So this gains points for me just being in one spot. I also thought about wreck with this movie. Oh, yeah. Single location. Uh, that one's from, you know, first person point of view and whatnot. But which yep. they, they do a couple of shots in this that are like Dude, first person. There is a part where Nurse Foresight is running down and it is literally like Resident Evil first person shooter yeah. looking. <laughs> running down the stairs like the way it pans across. 
I Man, there's like, some POV stuff in Black Sunday that was pretty cool, actually. Well, because I didn't really have a whole lot of Almost Famous, do you guys have any anybody else you want to talk about as far as Almost Famous goes? No. That's really no. it. Well, I thought, I thought of some characters that could be recast with some uh, more modern actors here. So I was like, well, let's do a recast. This could be fun. Um, so I've already blown my 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 choice for Dr. St. Luke. I obviously would cast Warren Beatty because Warren yeah. Beatty would do a whole lot better than this wannabe Warren Be- Beatty. <laughs> yeah. There um, uh, Nurse Forsyth, I was, I was seeing Olivia Wilde in her. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. And yeah, then uh, icy, icy eyes, icy stare, especially yeah. like the, the scene in the pool at the end where she's just staring him down. Like, she, like Olivia Wilde has those eyes that are just sort of like mesmerizing. I liked uh, Lynn Lowry is her name. Nurse Forsyth. I thought she was mm-hmm. one of the better, you know, actresses in this movie. And I, I liked her that. look. When I was, you know, doing these films in the seventies, mostly the women were, you know, brutally attacked, murdered, all that stuff. So, you know, to, to do a role where a woman, you know, makes it to the end, even though she's got the parasite and she's the, the bad guy, still, it was, it was nice to have that kind of turnaround in the film. And it was fun, you know, to do that and to have that kind of strength and, um, you know, power to do that. I loved it. And it's, it's kind of a surprise when you... You see her; she's the nurse on on call at this office and whatnot. And then you're you're just sort of thrown into the fact that oh, they're in a relationship together because she's like, "Will you give me a kiss now?" Like they're professionals. When they're not on the clock, it's time right. to time to let loose, you know. And you can't tell if she's horny because she's got a parasite in her, or yeah. if she's horny just yeah normal horniness, which I think kind of fits with the whole thing. Like this is in us kind of a thing right it's in us even if it's not if you don't have the parasite it's still in you this sort of mm-hmm. urge but go yeah. ahead the laundry lady the lady who dies in the laundry room or gets you know uh, uh the parasite in the laundry room melissa mccarthy and i'm glad your husband died because you're a fucking asshole he probably killed himself <laughs> <laughs> that's good oh, like that seems one. like one of those like low-key bit roles that melissa mccarthy does so well she's just in it for a minute to do some crazy shit and make you laugh at the situation. I think that would have been a perfect casting there. And then Nick, I have, you, you, I don't know if you guys are going to know the name, but you definitely know the actor. I, I, I said, David Dalsmalchian. He's the guy who played polka dot man. And Oh, oh suicide yeah. squad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and yes. he was in the dark Knight. He was in, he was in Dune. He's been in all kinds of shit. He's, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he is a fucking almost famous. Actor. Yeah. yeah. Like, At, wasn't he an ant man? Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. an yeah. Ant Man. He's he's one of the guys in Ant Man. Yep, he's a, a part of the crew. Yeah. Yep. Well, I do you got any more, Josh? Uh, no, he wasn't my original choice for Nick. I'm actually my original choice for Nick was uh, Adrian Brody. He has that kind of like mm. bone structurey face. There you go. I've got a Nick. Okay. David Schwimmer. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm just picking another Jewish person. Well, no, it's just that you're picking another dick because Ross was a fucking douchebag. <laughs> you people in your he's friends. got the kind of Schwimmer, like, pouty look. You know, yeah. he's kind of like, just looks like a sad sack of shit. You know what I mean? That's a perfect description of David Schwimmer's Ross on Friends. <laughs> Ross is by far the worst fucking character on Friends, and I will die on that hill. <laughs> <laughs> 
But no, that's all I have for recast. That's really all I could think of. I was trying to get somebody that would be good for the uh, for uh, Miss Tudor, uh, Nick's wife, but I couldn't really think of anybody. Oh, yeah. I got a list. Oh, Jason's got a list. He's got a list. Well, you know me. Every time you do these, I come up with a theme. All right, what theme recast. is it? The, is it the is it the DC actors this time? No. Is it no. a Pixar uh, casting? That that would no. be a weird one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I went with. 19 the 1990s a-listers if they remade this movie with a budget dr st luke would have been leo dicaprio have a better actor (laughs) (laughs) i can see that i can see that dr Lindsay would have been tom hanks wow Wow. uh dr hobbs cutting would have been anthony hopkins Mm. Mm. that would have been fitting hopkins hobskins Uh, yeah, Annabelle would have been Uma Thurman. Uh, Betts is Demi Moore because, you know, you know, Betts is pretty fucking hot in this movie. She's definitely super sexual, and I'm thinking back in the day, I had the hots for Demi Moore. So, okay. uh, And then uh, for Janine, which is Miss Tudor, which also eventually makes out with Demi Moore, I, I went with Sharon Stone because I would like to see that. <laughs> <laughs> so... I would like to see. I did that. think about having uh, Mila Kunis as uh, Betts. Yes, mm. that too. I but was even thinking Selma Hayek. Betts is like an older, like she's the she's the cougar in the. Building. She's cougar, exactly. Yeah, she's, a she's cougar. cougar. So um, I guess you mean Mila Kunis now. Yeah, yeah Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis yeah. Has now. Mila Kunis entered cougar territory at this point? She's got to be. She's got a couple of kids. She's uh, in her forties mm. now. I mean, I guess it, it kind of works. Uh, you guys, Nurse Foresight. Uh, I was just thinking somebody could work good with Leo. I put Sandra Bullock. That's weird. Yeah, I just I don't know. It's something. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, hey, dude, I went with the A, uh, a list of the '90s. There actually wasn't a lot of them because a lot of them were in the the movies over and over again. Okay. My Nick, I'm just thinking him laying in bed when he's talking to his parasites. A little funny. <laughs> super hair, super hairy guy. Robin Williams. And I can hear him doing his voice like, oh, had a boy. Pretty good down there. <laughs> and then he's doing different voices for each parasite that pops up. And he's like, I could just totally see that. And one of them's Genie from Aladdin. <laughs> yeah, one of them's Genie from Aladdin. You know, over here. Yeah. I think Eric was on the right track. We should just recast the whole movie with the friends characters and see, there you see go. where we can get. Well, I, yeah. I, I really think Janine inspired, uh, what's her name? Rachel's look of the shirt with no bra look. True. So There's not a bra in sight in this no. movie. It's the they, 70s, dude. This was and 75. We're, and we're doing super sexual. Yeah. 75's so version of free the nipple here, man. There's no bras in this movie. They didn't have a budget for bras in this movie. Yeah, there no just wasn't a bra budget. Okay. Just blame the budget. No, it, it, David Cronenberg wanted to shock people so much that he was like, "There are no bras allowed on this set." He pulled a George. He pulled a pulled a George Lucas. There are no bras in space. <laughs> there are no bras in this movie. The primary story continues in like, I think the main focus of this movie obviously is Doctor Saint Luke, and then there's Nick's character and his wife and whatnot. That's where that's our main two storylines. You know she can tell that there's something wrong with him. She, you know, that's how kind of everything goes and in, gets into kicks into gear here is she goes to St. Luke wanting him to come look at this. He never does. St. Luke never actually makes it there or wait, does he? No, he, he never he, sees Nick. No, he does. He, he finds him later 
and kills him. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that's the winning fight. But, right. but at yeah, this yeah, point, yeah, 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 he hasn't shown up. You think he's going to, but he's got his hands full with other business. If I'm identifying with anybody other than our main protagonist in Dr. St. Luke, it's, it's Nick and his wife. And the scenes with them together in the apartment are, are really uncomfortable, especially yeah. when he starts going into the, you're my wife, make love to me and all that stuff. Yeah, and that stuff is not like that stuff is, you know, touching on something that's real that women still deal with today is men thinking that when they want it, they should get it. Right. Uh, You're you're my wife. Yeah. Right. And 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 it's weird watching a movie from '75 because even with everything that's going on, and she makes the excuse to go put her contacts in she actually goes to the bathroom and goes to put her contacts in she doesn't know what to do because yeah she thinks that she's supposed to do what he says i i think there's a a generational thing happening here where we're watching it now and it's not clicking i mean she even comes back to bed after she like says she's gonna put her contacts in right she has her chance to escape yeah Yeah, she has we're thinking she's using that to escape but no, yeah, she, she comes, comes back. back. She yeah. and yeah, it's her husband. Like I not that not that a woman should do whatever her husband says, but I think she's worried about him to a degree. She right. you know wants to know what's wrong with him and why he's acting this way. But I I think that Cronenberg's trying to say something about men and women and yeah. expectations and that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, you know she's worried about him just because of the conversation she has she's having yeah. with Betts earlier in the movie. Like And the doctor. She's been worried yeah. about him the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She she loves him. I mean, by all accounts, she thinks he's a good man. So And I think that's why I am so attached to them in this movie, because that's the that's the most character development we get in the movie for any of the characters is we hear about what's going on with them and his yeah. you know, we don't know she doesn't know that he's been in uh has this infidelity. Um, or at least we're, we're not led to believe that she knows that there's been this infidelity going on. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is pretty funny when you start finding out how many people have been tapping Annabelle throughout this, in this building. Yeah. No, no matter yeah. the age either. She didn't yeah. pull back. You so. know, what's funny. Well, age, uh, relation, gender none of it matters when right. you have this parasite in you none nothing matters right uh, uh but uh you know it's interesting that we do learn that hobbs actually planned for this yes so that's where i get confused about him taking himself out that seemed to me like when we saw it like it was a uh it was a, a regret it yeah. was uh, I've I've made a mistake. I need to. I, but he's like, I want to get out of this shit. But <laughs> in his notes that we learned from Dr. Linsky or whatever, uh, that was his plan to create like a a, a worldwide orgy here, uh, a combination of aphrodisiac and venereal disease that will hopefully turn the world into one beautiful, mindless orgy. Maybe he didn't expect it to get out of hand maybe he didn't expect her to yeah, sleep maybe with he all had these cha- guys he changed his mind i don't know yeah like mm-hmm. and that's the thing like he dies before we're able to get any information from him other than all the notes or whatever that this that the doc- dr linsky has that's the other thing too is there's all this exposition that's dumped on us from linsky in, the, in this movie like if it wasn't for him we wouldn't know what the hell's going on in the movie at all 
Well, no. I think he undersells the severity of the situation to St. Luke. He's like, you know, this might be hard to contain if you, you, <laughs> yeah. know, you might want to get a handle on this. This could be difficult. It's like, no, this is going to sweep the planet if you don't isolate this shit right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he was too busy drinking Cokes and snacking on fucking snacks. Eating pickles, throughout. dude. This guy was eating pickles. Pickles and, and in a Coke, movie man. like this... <laughs> Everything's a dick, right? I mean, pickles a dick. I don't know. I, I I can't see anything, but anything. If anything's phallic, it's a dick. I I don't, you know, dick pickle. If there's a flower, it's a vagina. Like you just have, like your brain just goes only to sexual imagery at this point. But Linsky is chomping on a pickle. Like every time you see him, this man loves pickles. Hey, how about the pickle? <laughs> it's used. Talk about Cronenberg humor. That's a spot in this movie where I'm like, what what kind of humor were they going for there when he's like, hey, the pickle? Oh, you know, it's like you saw him eating the pickle throughout the entire conversation. Like the movie is about sexually transmitted diseases and you're talking about a dirty pickle. Hmm? I mean, there. this is just I, I just don't think that it's a mistake. I don't right. think that it's the coincidence that you've got a dirty pickle uh, going on. Everybody's got a dirty pickle in this movie. Here, now Hobbes believed that man is an animal that thinks too much. An over-rational animal that's lost touch with its body and its instincts. How do you like that? In other words, you know, too much brain and not enough guts. Because I think that that is an important line in the movie that kind of outlines comparing a venereal disease to humanity <laughs> and just saying they're not that different from each other. You yeah. know, just uh, it's... It's just interesting, and it's weird, and it's gross. It's and... the Mr. Smith theory. Human beings are a disease, a cancer of this planet. You are a plague, and we are the cure. Obviously, Forsyth and Dr. St. Luke are a thing. Uh, we, we're seeing that she he's supposed to be going to her place to, for dinner after he goes to see Nick and all that shit. This guy shows up to her door and tries to kiss her. She runs away and goes to St. Luke. And that's when all this really starts to kick off. At what point did Forsyth get a, par a parasite in her? It's when the guy in the garage and he got the guard. Remember, they got the guard earlier, uh -huh. which I wanted to talk about that little segment real quick. Was Apple pie guy. No, yeah, I called it a crepe because they are in Canada. It's like, is that a crepe he's carrying in his or hand? It's like it's a like... cherry pie, not apple pie. It's like yeah. a cherry pie. But something. that elevator opens, and he's like... Yeah, that is a weird fucking yeah, scene, it, dude. But the door closes, and this is, you know, talking about weird, you know, disturbing stuff. And then when it yeah. opens, the lady's on the floor, her dress is ripped. The kid's got blood on her mouth. Yeah. Looks like there's blood on her thighs and legs. So it's like, did he rape and her He's too? smelling her hair. He's smelling yeah. her hair and yeah. she's all about it. Yeah, that's the weird stuff. I mean, that's we should a... just talk about all the weird kid stuff in this. We, You got Hobbs, uh, you know, and his molesting of this poor girl in the beginning uh annabelle and then you you meet these kids earlier in the thing and and, and they have dog collars they've yeah. been yeah. made to be they're just barking like animals yeah. like i yeah Some... i mean this this movie is like creepy on yeah. the pedophilia stuff oh did you get the one where remember saint luke's running away 
and he goes into the one apartment. And it's the mm. old man. I mean, he's like in his sixties or something. He's like, "Don't you think my daughter is beautiful?" And like, yes. he just starts making out with his yeah. daughter. He's making out with his daughter. Super disgusting. Like, like yeah, absolutely. Like you're like, oh, uh, to me, it's like I'm seeing David Cronenberg just fuck with people. He yeah. wants to push the envelope. He wants to say, okay, what's gonna be? Let's look at sexuality from like. Let's tear away borders, the rules, remove all the rules, right? Yeah. That's what this, that's what the parasite does. Take all the rules away. Doesn't matter gender. Doesn't matter if it's your kid or a kid or age, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Age, gender, uh, you know, and is that disgusting? Absolutely. I don't think you'd see that in a movie nowadays. I think it would be too much. Uh, for people to handle but yeah. in a way it's it's saying something in a, just a raw disgusting way that I kind of like I get what he's doing I mm-hmm. I, I don't know I, I there was something weird about it and, and I, of course like you said Jason like I don't I hate rape scenes in movies I you know yeah the scene with the dad and the daughter making out super disgusting but um I don't know. Like, I feel like he's saying something. So it, it, it isn't what he's saying. Isn't that it's okay. Uh, he's, he's asking a question. He makes you kind of question, uh, question the rules question. I don't know. He just puts a spotlight on our, our morality, I guess, and where it comes from and why it's there. And that I find interesting. And I, he does that in other movies as well. So the things that are done behind closed doors and the door is now open. Right. You're opening that Pandora's box in a sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, right. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's challenging and it's upsetting. Uh, and obviously, you know, incest and, 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 and pedophilia is terrible. <laughs> it don't need, doesn't need to be said, but right. it's, I, I don't know that the, the He's got the balls to go. This this creature will unleash this. Yeah, and it's bad. And then you get you. It starts here and and continues throughout his entire career. But you get that 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 monologue from from Forsyth about how he tells me that even old flesh is erotic flesh. That even dying is an act of eroticism. And I believe him. And we make love beautifully. Yes, flesh. And talk about you, you gotta have that flesh counter up going whenever you're talking about a Cronenberg movie. Okay, so I had an interesting thought about this. She says in her dream, uh huh, an old man is like, she's having relations with an old man. Is mm-hmm. she receiving memories from annabelle through the parasite oh it's a hive mind thing it is like slither well it absolutely is the hive mind thing because you've got all of them together in the end for the same purpose even with the driving away from the building at the very very end of the movie like we're gonna go out and we're gonna spread this throughout the world um her dream was annabelle's memory of being molested Mm -hmm. um but I, I'm still confused as to where Forsyth was infected. Okay, that's what part is getting because they infect the little girl in the elevator infected the guard. Mm-hmm. Well, when she goes to 
to leave the first time by herself. The guard gets in there with her, and he's on top of her for a while, but I don't think he actually has sex with her. But remember, they can right. spit it out their mouth, and I yeah. think that's where she got infected. I agree. She's in there too long with that guy oh, on top Oh, way of her. too long. And not, yeah. Dude, let me talk about the part where Dr. St. Luke, he pulls the gun out of the guy's holster, <laughs> and then he, it's like 10 minutes of him. That's a nice gun. Where did you buy this? Oh, my girlfriend's being raped. Where was this complaint during the howling? (laughs) Oh, I remember we agreed that it took too long, but I'm just like, (laughs) you are, your girlfriend is pretty much being. Yeah, let's do it. Let's get to it. Yeah. Not even time to shoot the gun. Just grab the guy and pull him off. That would have been my first instinct. Yeah, but but he pulls the gun and then he is like. I was worried he shot oh. the girl through the guy, the angle that he was saying. I, I thought the same thing. I was like, dude, you shot that guy. It could have went straight through him into her. Like, you're not. Yeah. But Talking he, about the, the 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 yucky kid stuff. Also, we forgot the girl in the elevator goes and kisses the. Yeah. Yeah. Know, kisses the guard. The guard. And yeah, that's kind of gross because, you know, like a young actress is like kissing a grown man is kind of yucky the father's daughter thing that that actress could have been older she could have been like 20 something yeah she could be yeah. in her 20s but yeah that girl was definitely young and she's kissing some weird mm-hmm. actor and, and, little... and then the kids wearing the dog collars that might have been a little weird too being led around by an adult uh yeah so. yeah yeah, yeah. I, that was it was like thank god that's all that was was just they dog didn't show collars. you anything it's slightly else. suggestive but when I'm thinking of the kid actors, at least they're just like, okay, kids, you're going to act like dogs on this. Okay, move on. Nick, at one point, basically he's feeling worse and worse. But then at one point, he starts to feel better. This is, we kind of passed this, but when he wants to get with his wife, why does he feel better all of a sudden? Like, he's feel is it because they're spreading and he's gaining energy from the spread? I'm trying to understand the rules here. Because he feels like shit, and then all of a sudden he's just like, "Let us fuck." Or maybe he's maybe that's the thing. the The parasite was giving birth, and he was so full of them, and now he's expelling them, and they're not like all packed into his abdomen. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely not a, a set set of rules that they that they have in this movie as far as far as that stuff goes. Yeah, it's it's weird, but I always just kind of took that as you know, this thing's sexual in nature and he just wants to procreate this thing. So therefore, I mean, the you... guy couldn't move for most of the movie. I mean, he was yeah. in bad shape. So it just yeah. was weird that he suddenly felt better. I, I, I thought maybe it was, you know, I'm, I'm looking for answers here, but I thought maybe as his parrot, like he's talking about the hive mind, like as he starts to his offspring start, to connect yeah. with people, it gives him maybe strength or something. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But dude, you were talking about when uh St. Luke it rescues his girlfriend and they're driving around and remember they're trying to get out and then the one guy rams them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's dead. Yeah. That I, car is crushed, dude. Her neck is broke. Everything. Dude, I mean, that they, was a great car crash. Yeah. Like, oh, hell yeah, that. 70s movies. I love when 70s movies do a car crash because you're like, ugh. Like, it's <laughs> like, unse- it's like, it's ugh. Mangled. mangled. This is like metal. the tiniest, car- you know, you think of movies like nowadays, and yes, they do real car crashes nowadays, but something about like 70s cars that are like solid steel yeah. crashing into each other. Like, and he hits it is hard, effective. Hard yeah, it's fuck, effective dude. as shit. And you're like, oh, that 
that stunt driver is in there. These people are not following safety precautions at all. This is the Wild West of filmmaking. This shit looks <laughs> gnarly when it happens. I Paul was supposed to, like, come forward with the car and just, like, bump it a little bit, you know? That scene you know, where we looked like we actually got whiplash because Paul, like, slammed it into the, to the thing, and we're, like, you know, really, really, you know, j jumped. The whole scene of him getting Forsyth out of the car just that, dragging her out. I'm like, dude, what about a spinal injury? Something. There's a, there's a couple of things in this movie that happen like that that I'm like, whoa. Like, you can tell it's just like amateur hour stuff. And that's one of them. The other is in the beginning when he's putting Annabelle on the table and he knocks all the stuff down. There's a glass of milk still sitting on the table and he like flails her head right on it. And I was like, oh man, the actress probably has a fucking headache after that. This one. is one take business. We got <laughs> yeah. one take going Dude. on. You do it. Okay. You fucked it up. Who cares? Let's go. Keep yeah, going. You're, you're speaking of him uh, after foresight or after he rescues her, they're going up the stairs and she's half on. Uh, no, it's when she makes the move on him. Yeah. And he knocks her out. And he carry, you can see her putting her hand out every now and then as they go up the steps. Dude, like, I, I don't want to fall down. I laugh my ass off when he just he sees that thing coming out of her mouth and he just like yeah. <laughs> cold cocks her, knocks her out immediately. Like no. I love the I love the reveal that she's infected and that mm -hmm. shot of her with it coming out of her mouth. That's it. Talking about in imagery from Cronenberg, that's another great shot. I really love the shot after he wraps the thing around her mouth so that it can't get out yeah and all the blood is coming out of it so her mouth is gagged and there's blood coming out of the the or like soaking through the cloth mm -hmm. imagery like that is just affected like that stuff's gonna stick with me i the the images certain shots in this movie are just sort of one of those weird like they melt into your brain they just like it's just a hell of an image whether you like it or not you know well, I also like when he's trying to get out, you know, to get her out of there and they go through the lockers and then all these motherfuckers are in the lockers coming after him. Yeah. I think that scene's really good. Hey, that's again, zombies. Yeah. You Dude, got that is day of the dead. Hand, yeah. You got hands coming through the slot slats and mm -hmm. you know, this is zombie business. We're in zombie land here. We got I zombies that's going on. When I was watching the movie and you know with all the rape stuff going on, that's when I came up with the term rapies. That's when I said <laughs> they are the rapies. They're coming out to rape everybody. Yeah. But once I mean, they're infected, it's all consensual, Jason. No. Well, but there's still tons of people in the place that they're still chasing down. Like the one when St. Luke's running away when he goes in, he got the two guys running around in their colorful bikini <laughs> underwear. <laughs> hey, what you doing in there? Hey, you want a party? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> That's when he finally gets to Nick's apartment and sees that Nick is standing over Dr. Kent, uh, Linsky. With his melted face. Hey, what do we think about the, the scene with Linsky? Like, the okay, first we get, you know, again, you want to talk about Alien. The, the things come out of the stomach. Mm -hmm. uh, they have acid that burns you. They jump on his face. He's got the pliers. He's trying to pull them off oh, his I love face. It. The pliers. Uh... That's good stuff, man. Like, talk about effects. Like, that's an area where the effects are effective to me. I, oh, I would have been better. Like I said, if better effects, though, like later on in his other movies, would have been the side shot of him grabbing with the pliers and pulling. And you can see yeah, his like, yeah. stick skin, and stretching. Skin stretching and tearing <laughs> as he's pulling. See, that would have been better. Fair enough. 
Fair enough. But I thought that I thought that was effective. I thought it was creepy and just the idea of pliers having to resort to that. And he's that's honestly, I think, out. probably the best scene in the movie. Uh, and yeah. it's it's just blood everywhere. It's like the bloodiest yeah. scene in the fucking movie, man. And uh, but then that's when he opens fire on Nick. And that's the end of Mr. Nick the dick. Yeah. You notice that he didn't take near as much time to shoot him as he did the guard that was trying to rape his girlfriend. <laughs> That I mean, was the did. first person he shot, right? Oh, he did kill a guy with a crowbar earlier, but... Oh, dude, he's killing that guy, and the look on his face, it's like, dude, that's Joker going to town on Jason Todd. Oh. <laughs> that's all I'm thinking about. Honestly. Yeah, well, you know, St. Luke, he's a doctor. Awesome. He's not used to killing people. Right. I think we can give him a minute to, you know, adjust to murder, but... But that guy does come out of nowhere and attack St. Luke. Like, I think we may have seen him one other time in the movie, but like we don't like we don't know that he I, I, we're to assume he's infected because he's like messing with he's like tearing his shirt open and stuff. Yeah. But it's a very odd by this scene. by this point most everyone's affected right at this point in the movie it's things are starting to fall apart. But, well, um, but yeah, so he he kills Nick, and now he's like, I got to get out of here. Like he's basically just trying to escape. Yeah, uh, he 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 gets out through the pool. And then somehow everybody who's in the building is outside the building now and they chase him back into the building. I do love when he goes into the pool area though. And just, it's them just kind of like playing around with each other and it's very slow and like, it's, it's pretty creepy whenever he sees them in there. Well, one thing I do like is, is you, like you said before, Josh, we spend time with Janine and, and, and Nick and, and, you know, Nick's the lost cause, but you're kind of rooting for Janine at this point. Yeah. And unfortunately Janine does not make it at some point. You you think she's going to get, be like a final girl or something. Maybe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Her or Forsyth and neither of them make it. In fact, no one makes it. How do we feel about that scene with Betts and and? That's what I was going to talk about with Betts and uh, Janine because earlier in the movie I had wrote in my notes like earlier in the movie I said I think there's something going on between them like Betts right. is a little interested in Janine before they're both infected yeah and then when Betts gets infected in the bathtub the and then she comes like she just ran out of her apartment where her husband's like let's make love but then she get runs into Betts. And she says, let's make love. And she hops right on her. Like, oh, yeah, let's make out. I don't know if she hops right on her. You can tell that there's a little bit of hesitation. No, there. she recoils big time. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, you're right. She does eventually but the fact, give in. But, the, but yeah, but that was a pretty quick. She was basically. to kissing. Yeah, she was basically. Quick. Her husband tried to rape her. Yeah. She goes to Betts for cons- consolation or, you know, and, and Betts is, wants to have sex which is yeah i mean you got to think janine's just really like has no idea what's going on like everyone wants to have sex with her for some reason all of a sudden when nick is trying to get janine to make love with him all i can think about is that scene in return of the living dead you've got to let me eat your when uh forsyth is attacked in her apartment and she's making dinner Uh uh-huh uh first of all i just want to say you really shouldn't poke a, 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 a roast with your fork to test its doneness. You're just going to let juices out. Anyway, <laughs> secondly, uh, when she stabs the guy that's attacking her, that is actually Cronenberg himself. And he had a pad on his shoulder that she was supposed to stab, and she missed. Ooh. She s- stabbed him in the arm. 
that he has a a scar to this day from that scene where she stabs him in the arm with the fork. So that's kind of a fun this little detail. Stop making rapey movies. This movie left yeah, him scarred. you get for fake raping somebody. <laughs> there was an old lady that was infected. I'm hungry for love. That's the that's the laundry lady again. Imagine yeah, yeah, yeah. imagine <laughs> Melissa McCarthy just sticking her head out the door, going, "I'm hungry for love." Um, <laughs> that's so funny. Definitely believable. Uh, Josh, in this pool uh, scene, I know Mr. Pubes. I know Josh saw some pubes, right, oh, buddy? Yeah. There's some pubage going on in this scene. Definitely some pubage. So I'm sure you were happy about that, you freak. It was the 70s. You know, everybody went full bush. Full bush. This ending scene also reminded me of the end of It Follows in the pool and whatnot. Sure. I yeah. I mean, this is, movie is influential. Yeah. It, 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 you wouldn't have Alien without it. You wouldn't have It Follows. You wouldn't I have don't know Slither. You wouldn't have Night of the Creeps. I, guys, guys, p- put some respect on Cronenberg's name here. This movie doesn't hold a candle to Alien. No. Obviously. But uh, but I can kind of see where Cronenberg's coming from. Mm-hmm. You know, you make a movie that has some of these aspects and then all of a sudden an absolute classic film comes out. That's one of the greatest films ever made, if not the greatest film ever made. In someone's opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm adding a little bit there. Uh, but yeah, it's an interesting thing to look at. I didn't it didn't it wasn't something I thought of when I was watching it, but yeah. I read it later and I was like, oh, it's kind of it. But I do love that the pool attack happens and then we we close on everybody driving out of the out of the parking deck and then you get the the, the news radio, report the news report over the radio as the credits roll and it's a it's a great little in again like I'm I love I love uh bad endings to movies or when when things don't tie up in a little bow at the end. Right. And- uh, very common for outbreak movies. Mm-hmm zombie movies that kind of stuff that you know yeah it just couldn't be contained and halloween three yep yep <laughs> exactamundo so. well before we get to our good the bad and the ugly jason whose tagline is it anyway here we go let's see we're gonna keep it down to five i think last week i did like 30 uh so we're gonna do it really quick let's see who can figure out who i which ones i wrote and which ones hollywood did let's get to this quick there's something inside that wants to be free. Eric, I'll let you go first. Fuck you, John. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go fake. I'll go real. It's fake. Go <laughs> Going mad is just the beginning. Uh, Fake. Real. It's real. <laughs> See, it's a good thing I let you go first this time, Eric. Man is an animal that's lost touch with his body, dot, 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 until now. Fake. Real. It's fake. <laughs> Boo. Terror beyond the point of science or a priest to exercise. That's real. I know because I saw it on the poster. <laughs> so Jay's already telling real. you. Yeah, it's real. I say, yeah. I'll go with it. You're, yeah, it's real. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny if it was actually written on Eric's shirt? <laughs> <laughs> it might. It might 
wrong movie. <laughs> wrong movie. It would be funny if it. It would be. Did. The hunger for sexual freedom. Fake. Fake. It's fake. <laughs> It'll, oh, sorry. Oh, I'm gonna go no six. To this one's pretty quick. I'm hungry. Dot dot dot. For love. <laughs> it's fake as fuck. Fake. <laughs> yes, it's fake. Eric wins by one, people. It's a miracle, you guys. I didn't think it was possible. The underdog finally wins, you guys. Thank you. Thanks, everybody. I'd like to thank uh, everybody involved. Thanks for thank your you. support. Thank I want to thank Jason. my. I want to thank my family, my wife, my parents. Thank you, everybody. Uh, fuck you, Josh. Thank you, Jason. The good, the bad, the ugly. All right, Eric, you picked the movie this week. You get to start. My good is Brad, the old man in the doctor's office. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Brad got game. You don't have to go. I'm not shy. Now, don't be a tease, Brad. I'm still working, you know. Yes, I know. I love, I love that he's pushing mega vitamins. They can't stop uh, or they can't reverse aging, but they can. They might be able to stop the aging process. Uh, mega vitamins. He loves them. Also, he uh, he not only <laughs> thinks it's okay to have lumps in your body, but he thinks they're sexy because he <laughs> thought that the girl having lumps in her stomach was sexy, and he thought he was fine because he had lumps sticking out of his stomach. I so it was Brad, sexy. <laughs> Brad is my MVP of the film. I like my women lumpy. <laughs> I thought it was kind of sexy. Oh, you're not going to cut into me, are you? I've just got all these weird moving lumps inside my stomach. What a psycho. Uh, I love when Dr. St. Luke finishes and he's like, put your clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> that, dude was, uh, that dude was hairy as fuck. He was. He was. He looked great for his age, though. Yeah. Uh Bad is radio. The radio station knows every detail of the crime scene. They describe it in incredible detail on the radio, and they shouldn't know all that. It's funny because they're like, at the end of all that, they're like, cops aren't giving any names or police aren't giving any names. It's like, bro, the, you just knew like every minor, <laughs> like, you just can't even, like, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, and ugly is in the crime scene, another crime scene reference. Uh, the the cop that's cleaning up at the end of the crime scene steps in the blood. I noticed uh, that. <laughs> yeah, which you know. What I, know. what I find so funny about that scene is how St. Luke is just standing there in the corner while everything's going on. Like, yeah. who the fuck is this guy, and why is he in the crime scene? <laughs> he's the doctor. <laughs> no. Yeah, he's the he's the building doctor. Well, no, Wait, he, did, he, no, he found the body. He right? found he the found, body. Right. He yeah. found the body. So still, that's like, why he's there. But yeah, he does seem rather calm for what he came across here, which right. is a complete, like, horrible scene. Uh, also, it's funny because the detective guy is like, did you touch anything? Like, he's careful about the crime scene. He wants to know that the crime scene has been messed with. And then the one cop's just like, <laughs> like, steps right in the blood <laughs> on his way out. That's my ugly, and that's it. I'm done. All right. I'm anxious to hear this. Jason, good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, The good? Um... It's a Cronenberg movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what does that even mean to you, Jason? It's just a Cronenberg movie. All right. Uh, I mean, I get that he was trying to do this whole sexual freedom type thing, and maybe that's what he was. I, I get, don't think it's about get, sexual freedom. I think it's about 
Uh, yeah, anyway, it's, 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 it's like you said, no, I, opening I, the door and walking out and letting the world see without your inhibitions getting in the way. No, it's, I don't. I don't think it's it's pro incest or pro. No, 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 no. Not to say that I'm talking about just the overall sexuality part of it. All right, fine. That yeah, it's I'll, okay I'll to be sexual. It's okay to be sexual. I'm not sure. That's then what it's then we either, get but... into the then. Like I said, that's the part I get. That's okay. That he might have been trying to get across the bad. Sense is the parasites the acting and then it not being just about sexual freedom and it just being a movie that uses rape as to make it a horror movie and that's horrible vis- visual visuals to the whole thing of just ongoing rape to the whole movie from the point we get to about halfway done it's just rape and it's horrible and then the ugly is more rape the incest and it's just, I don't like this movie. I will never watch it again. <laughs> I, 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 I'm not going to be rushing back to watch this again. Yeah, I, I found I mean, it interesting. I've been kind of defending it here. I'm not excited to rewatch this. I don't know if I'll come back to it for a very long time. It, it's, if ever. I, I put it in the basement with Life Force. I put it R- down there. Rabid was more fun. I, yeah, I now I see I want to watch memory. Rabbit. I have not seen Rabbit. I was saying this is not going to yeah. turn me off from maybe watching Rabbit. Right. Uh, and I haven't seen Scanners in years, but I did see it. But what uh, about I the still, Brood? Have you seen the Brood? I have not seen the Brood. Oh, okay. And I'll yeah. watch that too. But I maybe do, we'll get there someday. I mean, I will still watch his other movies. I just I don't know. I like I said, I lost a little bit of respect for him from the fact that he wrote it and he directed it, and it just seemed like a cop out, like an easy way. Let me make this movie that's going to be disturbing. I'll just throw a bunch of rape on the screen with incest and pedophilia too, and it'll make people uneasy to watch it for a moment. Yeah. And I, I don't, I, I'm totally playing devil's advocate here, you guys. Okay, mm-hmm. because I, I, like I said before, I, you know, I don't really like rape scenes. But there's no real actual rape scenes in this movie. If you can compare it to something like, uh, I spit on your grave or something like that. Oh yeah, just, that's uh, just. Oh, I have a hard over time. the top. Uh, yeah, it, it, this suggests it. It toes the line but for as for as many unsettling scenes as there are in this it doesn't actually show that yeah it's implied Um, rape through the rest of it is implied or or you know they're after you because that's what they want but it's not even once or twice in the film i mean no it's goes on (laughs) absolutely the theme i agree agree. yeah so that's my problem but yeah this will definitely not be a rewatch i will put it in the basement or put it in a box with life force with life Throw it force. off the boat with the concrete block and never watch it. Put it in the box with Life Force and The Howling. Oh no, The Howling still is the... a superior film to both of those movies. So, <laughs> I don't all right, Josh. <laughs> well, my my good echoes Jason's in the sense that you know this is our introduction to Cronenberg. Um, I'm I'm very happy that we have a David Cronenberg in our lives because I Absolutely. very much enjoy his movies. Uh, everybody starts somewhere though. I mean, this isn't the best work we've seen from David Cronenberg. Um, I, I don't, I don't even know if it's his worst work to be honest. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's things that are hard to swallow here, (laughs) pun intended. Um, but (laughs) you know, I, I just, it's a, it's a nice little introduction to like David Cronenberg's themes of body horror and sexual, you know, horror, uh, social commentary with, with, with sexual freedom and things of that nature. And, you know, uh, 
again, like there's a lot of talk about the fly being a, a low key, like movie about STDs and shit like that. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's always been a part of the things that he's done. So, I mean, therefore, I mean, using it as a shock factor in this movie, maybe I, I can understand where Jason's coming from there, but I, I don't, I don't view it in the way that Jason does that. It's just rape, rape, rape all the time. Like it, it's got a lot of that here, but I think what David Cronenberg's doing with it is interesting. Um, I would honestly be, I would love to know what you guys think of that movie, the sadness that came out because I haven't watched that. yet. It's yeah, if you think this movie is fucking rapey, phew, that one's, that one's bad. Um, but it's an interesting movie. I, I do have to say, um, so that's, that's really what I get out of this. And then like, you know, some of the comedy in this works for me. Some of it doesn't. Um, I, I think the old man that Eric brought up is fucking hilarious. Brad. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah. Um, the Brad's bad. cool. We're all good with Brad. <laughs> uh, the bad for me is Paul Hampton, Doctor Saint Luke. I think he's awful. I... That's wrong. I liked him. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> uh, no, he's, he's a bad. He's a poor man's Warren Beatty, and that brings me to my ugly. <laughs> my ugly is Doctor Saint Luke's hair. His fucking Ooh. hair is bad. I'm with you on that one. <laughs> it's uh, it's just that combination of of bad hair, dry personality and terrible acting i just don't like him in this movie Damn. at all stick to being a songwriter yeah that's been obviously as good as that <laughs> so. hey when you're writing songs for the king you're doing good yeah that's funny i really thought he was kind of funny i i hmm. maybe you Go like figure. you you love deadpan humor probably a lot more than i do so maybe you're watching it from that standpoint for me it was just I saw him Maybe. as a bad actor. I, right. I, I didn't really connect with anything that he was doing on screen. But that's just me. That's my opinion. Whatever. Yeah. Opinions are like assholes. Everybody's got them. They all stink. My ass yep. smells like a rose. Why Why did <laughs> Why did Kiss from a Rose just pop in my head when you said that? I'm talking static X, but... <laughs> my ass smells like a rose from the grave. <laughs> from the grave. It's going to be a stinky one. Yeah. Well, hopefully our next Cronenberg movie we talk about will be of a higher standard for Jason so he can actually enjoy watching Ooh. it this time. But who knows what, when or what that will be. We'll find out sometime in the future. Uh, we'll be coming back next week to talk our top four horror houses. Not haunted, just horror. Just houses, famous horror houses. But tell us what you think about Shivers. Tell us what you thought about our conversation. Do you like Shivers? Do you not like Shivers? Tell us what you think in the comments below. Make sure you hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button so you know when we're putting out new episodes. And until we see you next time, be kind. Rewind! Rewind. Da, 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 da. Don't watch rapies. Don't be a rapey. Don't be a rapey, people. I knew from the moment I started watching this movie that Jason was going to hate it. <laughs> from the moment it started, I was like, Jason's going to hate this fucking movie. <laughs> but just because of the sexual assault thing pretty much at the beginning? Oh, no, just because it's a just because it's a 70s movie that is not all that exciting and boring. <laughs> well, then you just said it. You're boring and not exciting. So you knew I would hate it. From so, your like, perspective. 
from your perspective. <laughs>